Hi, welcome to Rhetoric Rabbit Hole. And boy, do we have something exciting for you. I, last night, I went to take out my trash and I found the gnarliest, biggest, most filthy mama possum in my trash can <laughs> that I've ever seen. So obviously, I invited her on the podcast and that's where we're at. Can we get a possum treat? <laughs> Is that asking too much? Well, you know, like, I mean, it, I didn't even realize this was your house. I was digging around in. <laughs> it was just coincidence. Mm -hmm. So. Well, thanks for being here anyway. Yeah, no problem. It was all coincidental, um, even though we're on camera. So it's not like, yeah. you know, I'm obviously in my bedroom. <laughs> so, uh so maybe it wasn't. Or he doesn't check bit. out, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> My story's not adding up, is what you're saying. Oh. Yeah. Well, um, for, for, we'll, we'll uh, suspend disbelief yeah. on that, I guess. So, yeah, uh, besides the possum, Alley Cat, Blake Dillinger, we also have Philip with us. Um, thank you both for Hello. joining me. Um, uh, and you even got video this time. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get used to it. <laughs> So, um, you, when is your album drop? It's like, um, it drops on October 16th in four days. Okay. Four so days. let me think by the time this goes up, it'll be, I'm probably gonna try and get this up, uh, Thursday. So that'd be, it'd be coming out is that the, day after. the day after. Okay, cool. Yep. So yeah, check out in hindsight tomorrow and, um, I'll, I'll put some links up in the shit. Um, yeah. So, um, Bad Witch is off of that, right? Is off of In High. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. I saw your uh, lyric video for that, and it's funny because when I saw the picture, the um, um, with you with the knife and the gun. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, like a bad witch, and then I listened like a to bad the, witch. Yeah, and well, then I listened to the song, and I'm like, oh no, like a clumsy witch, like a ditzy witch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's not, you're not, you know, it's not about being like bad, like doing evil shit. It's just about being bad at being a witch. Being bad at being a witch. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's, I mean, like really, it's just about, you know, like being overwhelmed and, you know, anxiety and executive dysfunction and things mm -hmm. like that hindering you in life. It's all just allegory and metaphor and everything. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like, it, um, that lyric video was hard as fuck to do in like one, one <laughs> Um, that was awesome though it turned out good and yeah, thank you yeah um yeah I, I, it's funny because that's that's just not what i was thinking when i clicked on it and then like I, it was a great song like uh, thank you it but the message was different than i had originally thought when i went into it and i was pleasantly surprised you know like it was a good song good. very yeah, like, quirky it's gotta draw you in somehow you know? <laughs> like <laughs> You're just trying to like um, bait us all with your tits. It's like, like it oh, it's like this video. That's why yeah. I grew them. It worked. Yeah, works. I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> selling, it's marketing. Um, speaking of which, um, I want to talk next about uh, trans girls need guns, which mm -hmm. is if this, is that off of intellectual hooliganism or is that no? It's uh, in hindsight. Then's gonna oh. be. Oh. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So that's on this record as well. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. right. Right on, because I um, that's my uh, <laughs> it it's uh, 
it was a hard choice for my favorite Flomex track, but I'm probably have to go with that one. Hell um, yeah. Because it's, uh, I remember during the Obama administration, there was a lot of, um, you know, you obviously had the side that was talking about um, the harms that, you know, gun laws have, like, uh, where we're trying to reduce death counts and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. then, then you had the other side that said, well, you don't, you don't want to get rid of these guns in case we have a tyrannical government that you have to rise up against, which is part of what the whole point of it was to begin with. And now mm-hmm. I see, I see everyone's kind not everyone, obviously, but a lot more people are now that we have a Republican dictator in office, <laughs> there's, uh, a lot more, um, people seem like they understand a lot better now that uh, we do need protection from, you need to be able to defend yourself, you know? Right. And that's, um, that's, it's not just trans folks. I mean, that's, that's minorities. That's, that's anyone who needs protection. Like, obviously the, we can't count on the government to do that for us. So mm-hmm. um, I, that, that song is a really powerful message. And I feel like it's controversial because I'm, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure not everyone agrees with you on that. No, <laughs> but that's, that's uh, I really like all. it because of that because I feel like that's an important message. Yeah, we um actually the the lyrics got taken off Facebook for hate speech. Oh shit! Are you serious? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, like some turf um groups out in like the UK got a hold of like the original like when we play we you know it's, it technically had two releases because like we played it live and the video of that came out like over a year ago and then the actual recording didn't come out until like june of this year but i didn't know that yeah but when we we originally put it out um the video got circulated a lot by like mainly queer groups for a while and then i guess it found its way into the the trans uh exclusionary radical feminist movement and they were not happy about it It it's great great they tried to get me in a little bit of trouble but couldn't really do much about it but, <laughs> but yeah like i don't know i mean as far as like uh gun laws it's kind of like what you said you know it's a matter of of like the government's not gonna it, it's proven time and time again that there's really yeah. no interest in protecting yeah. uh marginalized people right and more more interest in just keeping us down you just recently shared another thing about, um, was it a, a trans woman in Colorado, was it? Um, was assaulted while she was eating dinner? There, I yeah, just saw, I mean. just saw this. It happens all the time, but you just shared one. <laughs> yeah, that kind, of, that kind of thing happens so often that it's like, yeah, yeah, I think I remember posting about that out of the many, mm. many, many incidences there unfortunately is at this point. It's just been getting kind of worse. Like, yeah, what I just said could have been any one of a hundred posts. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, so I mean, like, uh, personal defense, man. Like, you, how long does it take the police to get anywhere when you call them to, like, come out and do fucking anything? And so, even if they do show up, are they, you know, like, I mean, like, I, I've been around when, like, cops were called for, like, domestic abuse situations. They don't do shit. Mm-hmm. You know, hell, in those kind of situations, like, it's usually, like, social workers and shit that, kind of help you out at least get you on the right track but police nah fuck that 
you know, yeah. the abuse, the uh, literally been in, in a position where the abuser was just locked himself in his bedroom. The cops were like, yeah, we can't really do anything about it. So, you know, like, they don't give a shit. <laughs> like, bullshit, man. They don't care. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And that's like police brutality should be something. It should be something everyone can look at and be like, this is not okay. Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, like, that's the thing. I feel like, I mean, it, it is disproportionately against Black people, but it's a problem for everyone. It's a, sure, definitely. we, I mean, like, we, we all should be like, hey, instead of making a race issue, it should be like, hey, I mean, there is a, a component of it that is racial, but I'm saying, like, even take that aside, the police are killing American citizens. Yep. Why? Why would anyone be on not not um, upset about that? You know. I mean, it's kind of funny how like seeing like a lot of conservative like white people kind of fuck up their own argument because they'll be like, "Yeah, well, this white guy was murdered by the police two weeks ago. Why is there writing in the streets about that?" It's like, hmm. that's <laughs> like, yeah, you know. I mean, I've seen more. Um, like, I don't know, like, I've, I've seen a lot more leftist organizations and, and Black Lives Matter, um, comrades that are just, like, helping out everybody from various different backgrounds mm -hmm. and, you know, like, within the communities, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have, it, it isn't about, like, any particular, um, I'm it's weird having to word this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I, um but i don't know like within certain communities like it's it is something that doesn't even have to be talked about like it's just you know we're all humans but suddenly you know it's being like a certain way a certain race a certain affiliation a certain um gender whatever becomes something political right um, when it's just yeah that's exactly right people. <laughs> let's talk about festival of ghouls um, yeah sure this fucking lineup is insane. It's like a yeah. three-day fucking festival. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's like, I guess for me personally, it's bittersweet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, god damn, do I miss shows? Miss actual shows. Live streams are not shows. The last show I was at was your show at uh, The Burrow. The Burrow? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a couple people tell me that, and that's great. I, I, mm -hmm. I had a feeling like that was going to be the last show for a lot of people mm -hmm. for a while, including myself. And, yeah. Um, yeah, like, it's just pretty fucked up because uh, of all that. But it is cool that Festival of Ghouls is happening. And mm -hmm. so we filmed our set two days ago. I so, wasn't I wasn't expecting a Festival of Ghouls this year. Then I saw Zach drop that, and I was like, oh, shit. I was this told, is, yeah. I was told yeah. about it a, a little while ago. Just you know, like, hey, we might be doing this thing. You know, it's like, okay, just let me know. This might be the most insane lineup yet, honestly, because like it's a lot of um, a lot of it is people who've already done festival goals. Just it's all this one giant melting pot. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be possible really to do if it wasn't virtual, like the way it's mm -hmm. formatted. But. Okay. Um, but you know, it says it says one thing, and um, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, Howling Giant, and this is technically the first time we've played a show with them uh, in years. And Fable Cry, honestly, I think the last time we played with Fable Cry was like our album release show two or three years oh, ago. Oh, shit. Damn. So, uh, at, yeah. That was the one at the end, right? Hmm? Was that at the end? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that was, a, that was a good show. That was a fucking great show. Um, we did film our, our set, though, and, um, like, we, tr we, we can't, we found out doing our last live streams that, like, trying to do the theatrical flummox thing is just not really something that translates super well over that mm. format. So what we've been really focused on is just putting on a good performance musically. Mm. Um, so we filmed us playing the entire EP front to back, no stops, and, and like, three or, like, three songs um, from the last record nice so right on, um cool. so yeah we um we um we got something planned planned but um it'll, it's, it's definitely gonna be i don't know like doing these live streams is like the worst kind of blue balls mm. as a performer yeah like I I, you know i i don't want to i don't want to sugarcoat it there's definitely some in talking with certain musicians where it's been like is shit's killing me inside a little. <laughs> I feel like it's been a test for a lot of, at least a lot of artists that I know, like um, where you see, you see a lot of artists uh, like yourself that buckle down and just start putting out hits uh, during this Corona thing. And then- Well, we, we, we wrote and recorded all that stuff before the Corona. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's the only reason it even, <laughs> we even got to Good do timing, it really. Man. Yeah, we, uh, we literally, recorded all of the of in hindsight like maybe a month before uh the mm. quarantine and all oh, that wow. and and then um like we were what was originally the plan was we had two eps come out this year one of them was just like the rough cut the cuts mm. from the last record and uh we were gonna tour we were basically gonna be touring for the majority of this year and um we were going to be first doing a tour based off this little EP that we kind of threw out there by surprise. And then we were going to take in hindsight on the road a little earlier. Mm. Actually it was in hindsight was going to originally be put out in August um, mm. before coronavirus and all that. And okay. that pushed back with the label and yeah. So, but it makes sense for it to come out in October regardless. Um, okay. Like it was just been like, you know, like we we had our all of our plans scrapped. We had dates going all the way up to New York City, and back and all, and you know, going out west and stuff. That we all, I think I want to say we canceled about twenty shows, roughly, wow. and had a lot of other things being planned uh, when all that shit went down. So, um, you know, it's just been like uh, we we have the songs we have in hindsight, and we've been writing. We still, we, we don't meet up as much as we were before the virus, but when we do meet up, like, it is, like, a matter of, okay, have you done your homework? Cool, let's mm -hmm. work on this piece of music. Um, yeah. We've already begun writing the fourth full-length Flummox album. Oh, wow. So you're already working on another album now. Oh, oh, yeah. We've been working on a new album for a few months uh wow. writing writing wise we haven't well, recorded. i stick to what i said then y'all buckle down and like kick some shit out during all this it's gonna be a while before we get that particular record out we probably won't try to put that out till 2022 but 
we um we are gonna have like a little EP of of uh, knickknacks that we plan on putting out uh sometime next year cool. as well. But for now, like in hindsight, honestly, it's like the best damn record I've like put out. Honestly, <laughs> I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing the full release. Oh yeah, Friday. <laughs> Friday. Um, where uh where can people find that when it comes um. Out? Uh, easiest way to get physical copies, vinyl, CD, cassette, uh, needlejuicerecords.com. You can get it right through our, uh, our record labels website, but I mean, you can find it Spotify, Amazon, you know, Bandcamp, all the normal streaming sites, iTunes, YouTube, all that stuff. So, so if you just go um, on, on Needlepoint, uh, is it Needlepoint, needle, I'm sorry, needle, is it needlejuice.com? NeedlejuiceRecords.com. Yeah. NeedlejuiceRecords.com, and you can just um, order a record and have it sent to you. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 That's uh, that's so direct, so streamlined. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the vinyl, I I'm really excited about. It's like crazy colors and shit. So, yeah. Needlejuice does really good work. We were talking about uh, just a minute ago about that. Um, uh, was it? It was intellectual hooliganism album release at the end. Mm -hmm. That was the last show you did before you came out, wasn't it? Um, that was actually the first show I did. After? I came out. I came out the day before. Okay. Because <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah. Because that, that was technically oh, my first show out. I got you. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking, because um, I remember when, like, <laughs> my introduction to Flummox, you know, like, like back in the day, Flummox. Mm -hmm. I, I remember thinking of similarities I saw between you and, uh, less so now, <laughs> but between you and Baphomet, because Baphomet is, um, like, I mean, even back in the day, you, you had this huge scraggly beard and you'd wear fishnets, you know, and like some, yeah. are those, uh, those long, um, those really cute kitty tights. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Still got him. <laughs> those I, I remember, but like you know, like Baphomet is the androgen. Um, the Baphomet, divine androgen. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's um. It's all the things. It's all encompassing, and I feel like, oh, 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 nice. Wait, hold on. I gotta see the rest of this wall. Let's let's go back <laughs> through the wall. So you've got the Possum Madonna. Oh my God. And uh, there's Baphomet. And he's above my bed. And if I flip it even upside down, there's the Hobbit. Oh, 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 that's, oh. that's sick. That's fucking sick. Yeah, um, uh, okay. the Possum Madonna is a, is a one of a kind. Rachel from Fable Cry, he's playing Fable Cry, mm -hmm. painted that for me. Wait, which one? The Possums? <laughs> no. <laughs> for my birthday one year. That's so said, awesome. That's yeah. Man. I haven't seen them in forever. Yeah, they moved to Maryland, so like it's. Yeah. Uh, I was actually supposed to go stay with them on tour. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they're they're good people. I should Rachel. get Rachel and Hugh on the show. I'm pretty. Yeah, I'll try and set that up. Um, so, okay, you so you got Baphomet on your wall. Um, is there anyone else? Uh you consider part of your pantheon. What do you worship? <laughs> um, well, I don't know if worship might be, is, is necessarily the right word, more like revere. 
Mm. Um, I, I, I guess um, I come to the certain deities and, and such uh, for as more of a um, trying to learn almost like from a mentor sort of mm. um, kind of relationship. Um, but, you know, mainly just looking um, into myself while also kind of revering these certain attributes. Baphomet is definitely, as you can see, a big one for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always felt super androgynous even mm-hmm. before, I mean, even before I transitioned. You have and a strong kept, affinity kept, with Baphomet. It's very easy to see. Very much so. Yeah. And, um, uh, I, and, you know, I've also, like, um, found, I guess, attributes that I revere uh, in Astaroth and, mm. and then that sort of can side you, of things. Can you tell me a little about Astaroth? I'm not too familiar. Um, well, Astaroth, um, from my re- like, at least from my research and from what I've kind of discovered for myself, or you know, is more of a um, it, well, Astaroth is one of the princes of hell, but um, as well as he's always also been portrayed female as well in certain uh, okay recordings and and whatnot. Um, there's actually a uh, a famous prog rock album that was about like the female uh astaroth possessing a woman and being sacrificed um oh shit yeah yeah and uh so like i guess astaroth has always been sort of uh present in in my life in that sense just like um i i, I guess almost like a gateway demon <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that's yeah. you know um okay so, you know, I don't know, like, I've also attributed, like, Astaroth to sexuality mm. as well, and, like, that sort of thing. Okay. Is is Astaroth the one you're telling me about, Phil? Or is that Asmodeus? It's Asmodeus. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I like, I like Gateway Demon. That's, that's clever. And it's true. It's like, uh, like uh, a lot of people turn to Stolas, the owl, as their first familiar, because mm-hmm. he's uh, just uh, traditionally the, you know, like the, the gateway. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so, okay, hold on. So that, you said Astaroth. So Asmodeus is, what is that the demon of Philip? Lust. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And that's, that's the one you were saying is um, like, um, like a cowardice spirit. Uh, I mean, yeah, when it comes like to according, yeah. mortals, he tends to run or to hide. He's kind of a pussy. I mean, he's <laughs> powerful, but he's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. I, um, my, uh, personally, it's, I, uh, I have affinity with Satan and Payman, and, um, I feel like I treat Satan differently than a lot of people do, though. Um, Satan, to me, represents sort of what you were talking about, Blake, the um, the mentor-student process, because uh-huh. Satan gives Eve the fruit. He doesn't ask anything, ask for anything, he just gives it to her. And uh, that's um, a, 
that is an archetype we see repeated. Um, you can see that with Prometheus. Um, he's the light bringer. He gives man fire. And uh, we can see this with Odin. He uh, impales himself on the Yggdrasil and uh, comes back with the runes. Um, it's, it's an archetype of, of um, handing down information, you know, a freely distributed information. Um, and being punished for it. Yeah, and being punished for it. Yeah. That's true. That's true. There's, In some way or another. That's a really good point. Because um, you, that a lot of people would argue that we've done bad things with that gift. You know? So maybe it wasn't a good decision. I still, I, I think the freedom to make bad decisions is more important than a perfect system, I suppose. Um uh, I guess that's a personal thing, but uh, where I'm getting with this, um, I, <laughs> it's something you see a lot in media and uh, not just in media. Um, there's a lot of people that actually follow this sort of belief system, but um, I see how many times have you heard the term satanic cult? Uh, Enough times. Uh, too many. <laughs> uh, a cult is so counterintuitive to what satan is and it irritates me every time i hear that because you don't you know what a cult is a cult is god in heaven saying i have this information that mortal man does not <laughs> and satan's the original cult buster he walked in he was like fuck you and he took that information and he gave it to people gave it to the the low man and i mean it, it, when i think about worship um that is the ideal I worship. If I don't worship that, I don't know what I worship. That is the, the thing to me. Um, so anyway, where this rant's going is I, I really uh, dislike cult behavior where it's like, first, first of all, you have these cults where it's like, oh, we have this secret information uh, and we're withholding that. First of all, no, they don't. They don't have that information. That is just something that is being said to make themselves seem higher than, to, to make themselves seem elite. Uh -huh. And um, so, I mean, fuck, first of all, just fuck cults in general, but like specifically fuck Satan, Satanist cults, because that, that just really irks me, because it's, it's just they don't know the source material at all, clearly. You don't know Satan, you know? That's a rant I've gone <laughs> on before, but it's something I'm really, uh, it's something I really have to Yeah, for yeah. This is just uh, something I ask everyone. But do you have any ghost story? I feel I'll like I'm sorry. I feel like you, uh, everyone, uh, uh, not everyone, but most people have some kind of supernatural experience. Do you have anything you would attribute to um, the parent? Something you can't explain with logic. Something supernatural. A ghost story. Uh, oh, do you okay, have any yeah. good ones you want to share with us? Um. I mean, like, I've always kind of, like, I guess, had, like, ghostly vibes around me in various instances of my life. Um, and, you know, and even just in outside of just ghost stuff, like, I mean, I've definitely had, like, UFO and a UFO experience. You know, I've seen them. Okay. Um, and that kind of thing. Oh, that story. Yeah, let's, let's, let's come back to the ghost thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the UFO thing, um, <laughs> so I wasn't on drugs, uh, <laughs> Clearly. 
Well, I mean, you know, it's fair. <laughs> but um, me and Drew, uh, my guitar player for those who don't know, um, we were like 18. And uh, we were just, um, we were like just hanging out in his driveway. I don't know if we were waiting on something. None of that matters. We were, we were just standing in his driveway. And um, I happened to notice over this tree line um, a little further off, like, down his neighborhood like three little lights rose up from the tree line and at first like I thought maybe it was like you know like those little candle things that sometimes people lift up you know and or or just something like that you know it didn't really occur to me if it was anything until they started like spinning around each other okay. uh, making different patterns and shit so like you know there was three of them and then they all started like intertwining and then another three came up and then another three came up and then there was 12 what the fuck and, then, and they were all spiral and me and drew were trying we're like what the fuck and we we're this was like 2012 so like these kind of phones weren't exactly like mm-hmm. you know as much of a thing so we were trying to record on these fucking flip phones and didn't yeah and uh then what kind of sealed the deal for me? I was like, so well, maybe this is like some too. sort. Yes. Okay. Uh, so what kind of sealed the deal for me on all this? I was because like, you know, even up until a certain point, you're kind of like, well, maybe these are just some sort of drones some rich kids are playing with. Well, then uh, the one the the one that's highest up in the sky goes real fast, zips up in the sky and disappears. And then the second one, does it. and then a third one. That's it, and so forth. Where was this at? It was here, Murfreesboro. Damn, well, that's wild. Three miles from where I currently am, am sitting. So, so okay, so yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> Do you have any UFO stories, Phil? Fuck no, I'm not cool enough to have UFO stories. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> Um, yeah. in ghost stories, like, I don't know, I think, one thing I can really think of was, uh, I used to be, when I was, like, 12, I mean, I've, I've been in, like, old houses, I used to work in, like, all these old houses where, like, doors would just shut on you for no reason, you'd hear footsteps, I worked at MTSU, and, like, shit would move around, like, I'd have the only keys to the building, and shit would get moved around, you know, like, I have plenty of those type of little stories, but the most, but the most visual, I could say, uh, there's a, uh, there's this theater here in Murfreesboro called Center of the Art, and I used to do, like, a drama, uh, school for, like, young kids, and I was, like, 12. Um, anyway, uh, I remember, uh, I was about to get picked up by my mom, and I realized I left my lunchbox, in in the building so i ran back inside no one's in the fucking building of course i run back inside and i go to grab my lunchbox and i noticed this like uh figure that was like in a um i guess you say like an overcoat Mm. like like a brown type overcoat and like an old time like maybe like a bowler's cap type thing you know and he, like, passed in front of the door and then disappeared into the wall. 
now in the basement of the center of the arts someone so you, was murdered you watched it walk through a wall yeah wow pale face too. i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off you're saying oh you're good now you're uh and uh back back in the 30s apparently someone got murdered in the basement or something the center of the arts or the 40s wow yeah nice. damn yeah that's i've had a lot of trippy experiences um like fucking with spirits but that's um uh, very rarely visual and it's um I, i've always wanted to see a poltergeist like um like to watch you know like something levitate you know yeah I, I can't say i believe in that just because i haven't seen it i would like to though i would like to believe in that um but um i like when when i turn eight like i used i was raised as a jehovah's witness i don't know if we talked about that it's like um I, when, when i turned 18 i moved out of my parents house and um I had to basically just rediscover things, you know, like uh, breaking down, yeah, um, learned information and like unlearning it, basically. And um, been there, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was really cool too because like I came out of that and then almost immediately fell into the local music scene here. So I, I it that that quickly became my church, you know going to see fable cry or flummox or you know like that that quickly filled that void for me um which i know a lot of kids that didn't that came out of that same circumstance and didn't have a a network of friends to fall into you know yeah and that's um but anyway um when, when i first moved out i i was like a really experimental age for me with um like trying to i mean like i I was 18 and homes. I, I was I was homeschooled until I moved out, and I was very devoutly religious. So mm -hmm. I literally had no peers outside of my church. That was it. So uh, when I came out, you know, let's start experimenting with drugs and spirits. What else do you do? <laughs> so, so like um, I, me, I, I got like um, I was I was always interested. In the occult but like in a very superficial hot topic scene kid kind of way i wasn't that's like how it that yeah that's how it starts you're right and like um and I, like i was borderline atheist because christianity left such a bad taste in my mouth coming out of that so like i didn't believe in anything so <laughs> when uh me and the girl i was seeing at the time bought a ouija board and uh long story short it worked way better than either of us were expecting uh and that gets into it, it's it's a very um physical thing for me like like it starts you know like your hands moving around the planchet uh -huh. and then um which hold on hold on one second i'm bringing that so it has to be easier to explain if i show you my board is not, it's not um, an evoking board, like splayed out like a rainbow. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a dial. Um, so I didn't realize this when I bought it, but there's a difference between this and 
um, your standard rectangular board. One is an evoking board, one is an invoking board. And it's all about the shapes. Like um, you see, this is a circle. What that represents is whatever you're coming into contact with is within this circle with you. It's a shared circle. There's no, you can think of it like the difference between a window and a door. So you can be talking through some to someone through a window or they could be uh -huh. in the room with you, you know? So, so I mean, um, I didn't take it seriously at the time, but both of us uh, experienced bodily possession that night. And the way it started was like just on the plan shit, you know, moving around. And at that point, you know, we both trusted each other a lot. But when that's the first time you've done something like that, there's always that skepticism that the other person is moving it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that I, I call Ouija boards training wheels because I think that part is really important because what happened was, you know, I was like, okay, well, maybe this is her moving it, but I'm just, I don't, I'm just going to see what happens. Let's just see what happens. And then after a minute, you realize that you're not talking to that person. You're talking to something else. And once you realize that, then, I mean, that's, that's a light bulb, you know, like that's, you go from not believing to believing just because you're saying something, experiencing it. Uh -huh. Anyway, um, every time I've come in contact with one of these things, they are so ecstatic to be in a body. Like um, it moves up the planchet and like through my fingers and then my hands and then my arm. And um, it's just, it's a lot of, um, it feels like physical therapy. Like it'll take my hand and just do that a bunch of times. Like if it was just trying to learn how to use a muscle. Um, and um, I've experienced this a lot at this point in my life. Um, probably like, maybe like a hundred times. And that's, uh, but it's always physical. It's, I have never seen something, I've never seen like just something float in midair, you know, which I think they can't. I think they need a vessel in order to interact with this world. And um, that's through my own personal experience. I've talked to other people who have seen poltergeists just slip things off the ground. But in my experience, these things are so excited to see you because they're not used to being in a body. They want to use your body because they don't have that. Um, the way I see it, if you were able to just lift something off the ground, why, what would the body, what would be the point of having the body? You know, like, why would that be so important? Anyway, <laughs> long rant. That's uh, what I'm getting at is I, I want to, I want to believe in poltergeists, but I don't. And it's because I've messed with spirits and haven't seen any of that yet. I'm not saying they don't exist. I just, I don't, I don't believe they do. So when it gets, so like, um, Walking someone, uh, watching someone walk through a wall, like you described, that's breaking physical boundaries. But I would also say that's something, that is an event that could take place entirely in the mind, right? Like that could, could technically be a hallucination. Not saying that it is, just saying it could be. Oh, uh, it would have been a really silly one to have. Sure. I, I'm with you. I'm not saying that it was. <laughs> but when, um, well, somebody who's hallucinated a lot intentionally no yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah i mean that's that doesn't seem likely that it was a hallucination like you're of sober mind and you just saw this 
Um, but when it, when it comes to this stuff, um, like, um, I try to like, I think that's part of my problem, honestly, is I try to find proof. Like, um, I, I try to prove things instead of just experiencing it. Like, um, mm -hmm. like if that, if that happened to me, I'd be like, that dude just walked through that wall. But I guess there'd be that seed of doubt that like, like maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I'm absolutely just fucking insane. And like, um, I mean, I am, <laughs> we all are the best, but you know, the dude walked through the wall. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not trying to say your story is not credible. That's not what I'm doing. It's like, <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is um, I I, I want to find ways to like prove these things because like every time like I've I've been possessed I've been bodily possessed but like how do I communicate that to someone else like um, like you can you can watch me sit down at a Ouija board and see you know my hand moving but that doesn't mean anything to a third party watching this you know like that mm -hmm. could just, that could just be you just doing weird shit. Maybe, maybe you're not even intentional using it. Maybe you're just hallucinating yourself. It's like just a weird mind game. And I cannot, for the life of me, prove that spirits exist. I've, I've tried many, many different experiments. And um, I can't, like, um, one, one thing I did is I tried to get it to relay a message to my friend who was sitting across from me. And um, I it wasn't able to do that, which either tells me that it can't read my mind or it's not real. So, I mean, even that's not definitive. I, I, I can't figure out a way to perform a experiment that would tell you whether or not spirits are external or if it's an imaginary friend, you know? Mm -hmm. And it, like chaos magic kind of just tosses all that out the window and it says, it doesn't matter. What's important is what you as an individual are capable of. What can you do? Yeah. And that's, that's where I've eventually settled at is it doesn't matter what's happening. What matters is what I can do, you know? Which, you seem like a left-hand magician. Seem like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you seem like a, a yeah. much more my will uh, pushed outwards rather than like drawing inspiration from above, you know? A little bit of both. A little both? A little bit of both. Nice. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this is Cosmo, by the way. I'm a little dwarf I have three of them. My familiar is somewhere around here. <laughs> but um, this is my dwarf. She's I actually see. five years old, but she looks like she's only like six months old. Aww. But um, yeah, so uh, I, I chaos magic is more or less, I guess, what I would align with mm. on a lot of levels. Yeah. Um. A lot of my methods are unconventional mm. and a lot of, um, you know, I don't really, um, when it comes to magic and other people who use magic, I don't really relate to others very much mm. in that sense. I just kind of make up things as I go along or take from other teachings and things that I've read from this source or, or another, but I also, you know, know how to stay in my lane and not you know, I'm not going to be messing with any indigenous magic or any voodoo mm. or anything because I'm just some fucking white girl. <laughs> mm. You know, um, I, I, um, I'm all about 
just like exerting my own ambitions. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say um, uh, essential oils and pumpkin spice. Well, you know, <laughs> the Wiccan aesthetic. You mean? Yeah. Um, I'm just fucking with you. I know. Um, <laughs> easy to get looped into sometimes. But no, um, <laughs> I, um, I definitely uh, am more left-handed, I guess, in that sense, or I, I just more or less exert my own will. Not sure. Um, oh, but I, yeah. but I do so. I do so in a way where I don't, I don't particularly, at least for my own magic use, don't really believe in hexing other people or uh, trying to sway somebody a certain way. You, you don't I believe just, in it or you don't do that? Like, um, you're, saying, like you're saying it's I not mean, possible or you just wouldn't do that? I personally wouldn't do that. Okay. If, yeah, it, that, that's for my own, mm. my own shit. Anybody else wants to do that? As I put them in the in whatever spirits they got going on. I was just I was trying to uh, be clear. I, I couldn't tell if you were saying that you didn't believe you could hex somebody, or if you were saying that you just don't personally do that. Um, I think like a lot of certain. I think if you exert certain energy, like people are more, the human mind is capable of more than people give it credit for. And I think like in my case, a lot of my magic is mainly psychological. A lot of it really is in my head and a lot of it really is stuff that really only pertains to me mm -hmm. but it's stuff that has really enabled me whether it be by divine intervention or by placebo to engage and uh, direct my ambitions a certain way mm -hmm. i certainly feel like witchcraft had a hand in me becoming more in tune with myself and my own um like being who I am as a as a person, my gender, my sexuality, my um, whatever I affiliate with morally or ethically. But it's more or less about that than it is about like, you know, I, I don't really um, have any interest in um, allowing any spirits to I guess use me as a vessel but I definitely have interest in um sitting down and hearing what they might have to say yeah yeah I think uh that's probably wise because there's real danger there I think part of uh I say that but you know and this is something you were just touching on but I've had to learn that what works for me does not work for everyone like mm -hmm. You know, when I first used the Ouija board, my initial instinct was, holy shit, I have to show this to everyone because I didn't think it worked. And now I'm like, mind blown. And then, you know, I realized it's like, it's like I've talked to many people who are like, yeah, that makes me uncomfortable, especially when you tell me that you were bodily possessed. That's really driving me away from it. And I'll just be like, no, no, no. I mean, as long as you tell yourself you're in, like, that's how it works for me. If I tell myself I'm in control, of the situation that I am. It's um, like, a, I'll, I'll passively observe, you know, my shoulder rotating or my hand folding and unfolding 
but I know I can stop it. Like I know that. Like if I if I tell myself stop doing that, then that's done. Um, not everyone has that ability though. Um, some people are. Um, it works differently for everyone. That's something that really took me a long time to understand. It, everyone has their own path, especially when it comes to magic. For sure. But it's definitely a very personal thing. Because, um, yeah, because I can't, I can't tell someone else how using a Ouija board is going to work for them. I can just tell them how it's going to work for me. And, yeah. It's like drugs. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, psychedelics uh, and other substances, they hit people differently. And one person might have a very pleasant experience and another person have a very negative experience. While Everything you just said about the Ouija board, you could literally like replace the word Ouija board with LSD and it would probably not change the meaning whatsoever. Right, that's true, that's true. It's like, um, and those, <laughs> it's funny because those things go hand in hand with me too. Like I've had experience with um, oh. spirit work without being on psychedelics but holy shit is it on another level when you're on psychedelics? i am um, I, I i like to, i like to draw a circle take acid and paint mm. nice you know uh, see what happens sigil painting mainly. okay um you'll have to show me some sometime it's like Got this one. <laughs> oh, okay cool perfect yeah it's already <laughs> So I this just is going to be writing in some stuff. Was that it? That was an intuitive yeah. painting while under the influence. Uh, let me see. Yeah, this is this is one. Nice. Where I was tripping, and they all get crazier and trippier the more you go. This one is for Boreas uh, of the Northern Portal. Mm. I did one for each portal. Okay. So yeah, so it is a sigil. Then it's got a meaning to it. It's just not obvious to many. Maybe someone looking at it. No. Yeah. Usually a lot of my sigils only have meaning to me and that's the way I keep them. That's the way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, a, a sigil, <laughs> when we talk about sigil magic, it's barely even magic. It's, it's just, it's science. Like, um, you know, the movie Inception, who doesn't? It's like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't care much for that movie, uh, but it's uh, the idea of putting an idea into someone else's head is that's not a, a myth you know that's just a fact you can do that like yeah you can do that kind of thing like coca-cola I mean, most of my magic has been sigil magic same yeah um like coca-cola got in trouble like back in the 60s because they spliced like uh, their logo into like an advertisement for like a frame like bare, like bare, no one even noticed it but like no one, no one saw it consciously. But yet, like people were getting up out of the movie theater and going and buying Coca Cola, like immediately. Like yeah, yeah, so subliminal messaging and that sort of thing. I mean, sigil work for me is just like, in a way, almost manifesting it for myself. Mm. It doesn't necessarily have to involve other people, although those, you know, that could be the the ends of a mean, mean to an ends, whatever. And, uh, you know, like, it's one of those things where um, I usually, um, I end, when I end up doing a sigil, um, I make sure to, at some point, kind of put it out of mind mm -hmm. completely. 
and then just um, at some point, I'll probably be walking down the street years later or weeks later, maybe months later, doesn't really matter. And it'll be like, hey, mm -hmm. that thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and you know, like I've definitely, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm more vague about what I'm, um, going for than I should be, but definitely in very specific cases, I've had some, some results. The same. Um, yeah. And we're, we're talking about two different kinds of sigils. Now we're talking about a personal sigil, which is you, 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 you talked about putting it out of your mind. That's, I mean, that's the process of charging the sigil is you make it. And then uh, you put it out of mind, you destroy it. Mm -hmm. And then that's that's no longer in the physical uh, conscious world. It's now in the imaginary subconscious world somewhere, floating around in the back of your head. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, but there's, there's, um, <laughs> there's self-sigils, which is basically just a way of reprogramming yourself. Like, and then there's... Um, sigils that's when we start getting into like sigils for other people can be that you got to be really careful with that stuff because you could really hurt someone that way you know yep but like um, yeah it's 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 also there's an art to that though there's an art to um because you have to make a symbol that has a meaning but someone else isn't going to consciously recognize the meaning, but they're going to subconsciously get the meaning you intended, even though you didn't outright tell them that. So I think it, it's certainly possible, and I've, I've had some success with that too, but it's, um, there's a real art to it. You gotta be really good at that. It's, it's, it's barely even magic. What we're talking about is a science. It's I like, agree. It's a psychology. Yeah. I like at making sigils. Yes, I'm the fucking worst. <laughs> it never fucking works for me. Well, how many have you made? I'm talking about like I made hundreds. Yeah, well, I I'm not that dedicated. They didn't work for me the first four times, so I gave <laughs> them. The other way works for me better. I just I just dabble with sigil stuff for a while until I come up with something I kind of like, mm. and um. I mean, I have a process, of course, but um, after that's all said and done, I charge it my own, depending on how I'm feeling. There's various ways you can charge a sigil. Yeah. Sometimes you just, you know, anything, anything I, works. I charged a sigil once by coming on it. <laughs> I like, took a piece of paper and just jerked one out on it. I, I, mean, it. I mean, that's a... I said, and that's the easy. That's one of the easy ways to charge sigils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. It. That's like that's almost easier than meditating on it. <laughs> I mean, I, I have such a hyperactive mind too. I don't know. It doesn't really seem that way, but I, I really do. So it's hard for me to meditate. Um, so sometimes it's easier for me to just be like, I'm just gonna get in, you know, take a little nick blood and just mm. <laughs> go that way, go that route with it. Yeah. Yeah, so there's like little. Every now and again, like I'll I'll be I'll notice like where where did this little scar tissue come from? Oh yeah, that mm. that one time. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was from May Day. <laughs> <laughs> that's um 
you just reminded me that's that's something I ask uh, most guests I have on, and this is a question for both of you. If you had to draw blood some way, what would what would be your method of doing that? Um, it doesn't have to be a lot of blood. Let's just say that razor blade. Razor blade where? Like you said, um, like right here. Usually, usually just like my arms, um, or my thigh, or. Yeah. Uh, no, nothing like too noticeable and nothing in a way that it looks like I'm self-harming. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, uh, so like, it'll just be like, because I mean, I never really need to use a whole, whole lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that just, kind of thing. Just an amount, just an amount. Yeah. Something to seal the deal. Yeah. So, okay. Because you'd, you'd be surprised like how many people answer this question differently. Like, um i've asked a lot of people this and like um god this one dude was just like yeah i just take an empty syringe and i jam it in my arm and pull the blood out i'm like what the fuck dude jesus <laughs> no fucking medical with it fuck that. like god damn like what about you fucking chaotic yeah like, what the hell <laughs> going hard over here i'm just talking about like this prick my thumb like jesus christ I can't do that. You know me. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, fingers are a no-go. Mm -hmm. Hands are a no-go. Yeah, just in general, huh? Yeah. What about you, Philip? Hands, for sure. Like, more specifically, like, how if would I you... Had to draw, if I had to draw a lot, then, or like, you know, a decent amount, probably just, you know, knife across the palm of my hand and then if i could if i could get away with just a drop or two then like i would prick my fingers but... i didn't think about that like <laughs> that big playing bass difficult a little bit yeah i mean like you know even when it happens on accident you know mm. <laughs> blake what do you think happens when we die <laughs> you know i don't know no one does. Not a single fucking person that's, on the planet. That's just kind of how I'll leave it. That's a hey, good answer. Good answer. You know, like, I mean, I, like you, was raised very, very religiously. I was a Southern Baptist. Okay. And uh, very, very, very right-wing conspiracy creationist uh, leanings. Mm. Um, kind of, you know, kind of, I went to a private Christian school where they taught you, like, the earth was 6,000 years old. Wow. And, and like, you know, they didn't know how electricity worked. Just God kind of did it. Um, we, made, we were made to watch The Passion of the Christ when we were in fifth grade, unedited. While yeah, while the football teacher was screaming at us about how we were doing this to Jesus. So Mel Gibson is beating the fuck out of Christ or whatever. It's so fucking funny. It is, oh, it's it is tragic, in hindsight, it's super traumatic, but yeah. now it's like, <laughs> hey, uh, you said the thing. Yeah, yeah, I did. Fuck, I did. This is <laughs> a phrase, though. You know, the only reason we fucking named it that is like, oh, we're releasing it in 2020. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's mind blown right now. Yeah, so that's the only fucking reason we called it that. Okay. Uh, and like, we even like, 
and it's probably gonna bother some because like there's Theban there's Theban letters all over the artwork, all over mm. like the fucking like if you go whenever you buy the record, there's Theban letters under like every single track and everything. Um, and all it is is just translated, you know, to like what our shit is like like the sigils or rather the Theban letters around me and the album cover is just in hindsight. Oh, you know, if you like it, it's nothing <laughs> like it's nothing too subliminal. I got you. That I, I I've seen the symbols you're talking about, but uh, I, I didn't know what they were. What is what is Theban? What is that? Theban's a, uh, the witch's alphabet. Oh, it's, okay. It's I, I'm pretty sure it's uh it's a, a Wiccan derivative of something Crowley probably mustered up. I don't really know a whole lot about the origin, but I really have loved the style of it. Like, like I said, I'm I, well. I consider myself to be a bit of a magical mutt. You know, mm. I take from all kinds of different sources. Yeah. Um, Theban is just one of those things um, where, like, I mean, it's just known as the witch's alphabet, and uh, apparently, it's it's enough of a language to have a font yeah. <laughs> on uh, on uh, on Microsoft or whatever. But that's very interesting because I've seen those letters before. I just didn't know where it came from mm-hmm. or, or seen that. I guess things that look like that. I guess. Even. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Hmm. That's cool. Well, I've been going about an hour and twenty. Mm-hmm. On a scale um, of one to ten, how bad do you think it would hurt to get a uh, paper cut under your fingernail? On a scale of one to ten, what is a ten? Ten being the the most amount of pain you've experienced. Give me, give me a example. paper, a paper cut under the under the fingernail. fingernail. Yeah, on that skin that's underneath the fingernail. I mean, I've gotten one like, like right, like under it, right there, like under the cuticle, and that does suck. Uh, how does it compare to um, like uh, childhood trauma <laughs> on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably I'll, I'll probably take the the finger take, finger take, yeah. <laughs> yeah. maybe just a little bit. So I mean, yeah, I was that's, I was confused about your question because like on a scale of one to ten, what is a one and what is a ten on the oh, scale? Okay, yeah. So ten would definitely be childhood trauma. <laughs> one would be like your mom deleted your WoW account. Hmm. Maybe use something relatable, not not you know just nerd talk. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> just fucking um, <laughs> like this whole awesome. fucking podcast hasn't been nerd. Yeah, talk. right. <laughs> like we haven't just been doing that for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, Philip. Yeah, Alex. <laughs> what the fuck you mean? Well, um, say, I'd say it'd be about a four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. Hmm. Yeah, right. Okay. I, can <laughs> I can't relate, but I, I agree with you. It's probably sounds about right. Let's let's not try it and find out. Yeah. And I think uh, that's as good a note to end on as any. Uh, thank you all for doing this. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, go check out the amazing stuff that Blake and the rest of the Flowmix have going on. Um, uh, after this, let's see, this will go up Thursday, so tomorrow is in hindsight. 
and festival of ghouls is when uh october 29th through the 31st 29th through the 31st yeah uh definitely not going to want to miss that um amazing lineup so um yeah look forward to that and y'all have a good night later alex later Bye. phil